Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Get Witted Podcast. Today, I have a lovely lady who's helping me out, Maya. Ochi Raju. <laughs> and anybody who listens knows for a fact that I would never have gotten that right. <laughs> so... Um, Maya, I am so excited to have you on, and um, I'm going to let you kind of give your your spiel. We like to normally know background, where you came from, how you started your journey, um, and then we kind of, we get off topic sometimes. Do you have your wine? I didn't get any wine. I should have gotten some wine. I should have been prepared. It's a I Friday, Friday afternoon. A Friday afternoon, man. Why didn't I prepare? So, Okay. And you're in my time zone. You're in New York, correct? I am. I'm yeah. in New York. Yeah, you're in my time zone. Okay, girl, tell us, just tell us about yourself. Awesome. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. What a great way to spend a Friday afternoon. Oh, I'm so I'll start, I'll start at the beginning. I was uh, born just outside of New York City, but actually spent the majority of my childhood in Singapore, halfway across the world. My family then moved back to New York right before I started high school. So had a childhood, a very diverse and international childhood. Um, found my way to Cornell for undergrad and studied economics and information science, a major I had never heard of till I got there. And it's really what kind of drove my passion for technology. Before college, if you'd asked me what being in tech meant, I would have said, oh, you have to be a software engineer, you have to code. And I probably would have been like, I really like to talk to people. That seems not like the right place for me. But being in college, really learned about data science, user experience design, product management, all these words I had never heard of before and found that technology really was for me. After college, found my way to Blackstone, which is an alternative asset manager working in their innovations group. So really trying to think about how I could use technology to change the financial experience. And then about four months ago, found my way to Payability, which has been an extremely fun ride. I'm really excited to talk to you guys a little bit more about what our uh, fintech startup does. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Awesome. Well, wait so, a minute. You're the VP of product, correct? I am. So I'm the okay, VP okay. of product at Payability. I oversee our product team and really drive our product strategy and how we can better serve our customers. So Payability provides financing and payment solutions to e-commerce sellers. We really work to figure out the best way to help our sellers grow their businesses um, with our products. And so my team gets to spend our days talking with our different sellers, really understanding their pain points, what they're struggling with to grow their business, and then put our heads together on different ways we can solve that. And we have two kind of core um, platforms and products that we have to help our small businesses grow. The first is our instant access product. And this one really helps you with daily working capital. You sell on Amazon, you, your sales from yesterday, we actually give you the cash today. Um, if you just waited on Amazon, you could be waiting 14 days or longer to actually get that cash flow. Um, so we can really help solve that problem there. And on the other side, we have a 
advanced product, instant advance, where we're able to give you a capital infusion to help with that inventory buy or that advertising spend that you might need to help grow your business. Okay, I have questions. I have answers. <laughs> who are the sellers? Like who are the who are the sellers? Exactly. Great question. So we work with small e-commerce sellers. So you could be anywhere from $2,000 a month, all the way up to 2 million selling on Amazon, having your own store on a Shopify platform, um, selling on Walmart, Newegg, and really our kind of where we thrive is with those sellers that are trying to sell across multiple channels, being that solution for them. So these could be like any product right? Any product. You could be one of our sellers is a New York City based fashion brand. Um, she has her own store on Shopify. She sells her product there. We help support her. One of our other suppliers could be selling uh, bakery goods, um, you know, selling chocolates or um, anything else like that online, all the way to someone selling uh, electronics on Newegg as well. Like, so people on eBay? We support eBay as well. So you could be selling really anything under the sun. Our real goal is to focus on that e-commerce seller, someone who's selling online, because um, we really believe they've been underserved across kind of the financial services industry. Okay. Okay. So I, let's go to the fancy lady with a dress shop, right? Because I'm, I need examples. So, um, okay. So she sells her items and let's say wherever, Amazon. So you're saying your payability gets her her money faster? I guess I, yeah. I need, okay, so yeah, the let's platform, let's, yeah, let's go, let's step back here a second. So I want to understand that part. Perfect. So let's when you talk instant money, girl. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you're, we, we have our dressmaker. She is selling online. Let's say she has an Amazon store. She sells her dresses on Amazon today you go buy a dress of hers. She's not gonna get paid by Amazon for 14 or more days for the sale that you purchased. What we can do for her is unlock that money. She needs the cash flow to help continuing to invest in her business. So tomorrow she'll get today's sales working with us. So we can expedite that entire cash flow process for her. But like, does Amazon take a cut? Like, how does that all work? Cause you guys must then too, right? Yep. So we account for what Amazon is taking. We actually connect directly with her Amazon store. So she doesn't have to send us any information. She just connects through the back end and we're able to do all of the work for her there. Oh, okay. Okay. And then you guys take a cut too, right? Like you guys figure that part out for her. Correct. So she'll pay us a small fee for us giving her kind of expediting her sales to her. Okay. Is this, is payability a startup? It is. We are a 70-person startup headquartered here in New York City. Um, and so we really get to experience being a small business ourselves. And that's what really fuels us in helping our sellers grow. So um, do you know how many women work there? I do not have the exact number, but we I'm have a curious. ton of incredible women who work at the firm and it was a big part of kind of how I decided to join some of the interviews I had with some of our female leaders and just women across the group uh, really inspired me when, when I was learning about payability as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, 
let's talk about COVID. How, how has this affected COVID? Probably, you're probably booming, right? Because everybody's <laughs> online now, right? Everybody's buying stuff online. So how, how? Yeah. So COVID has disrupted our industry like every other. Um, and really, as you and I have probably experienced in every other consumer, we've moved a lot of our purchasing online, which has led to an increase in demand for our sellers, which is amazing. But that also means they've had increased needs for financing. So we've been able to grow with our suppliers. Payability just last year financed over $1.4 billion um, to small e-commerce businesses. So we really were able to leverage our expertise in the industry. We've been around for six years. We have six years of data on small e-commerce businesses that we were able to really use to continue to serve them. Holy moly, they've been only around for six years and they, oh my gosh, really? It is really quite amazing to think that 70 people or so were able to provide that much financing to small businesses across the country. So was this just like one person thought of this one day? Like how, how did this get started? It's a great question. Um, so I'll take you back to 2015 when our founders really saw that there was an opportunity with all of the data in marketplaces, online retailers, to rethink assessing risk and providing finances to small businesses. So traditionally, um, these small e-commerce businesses have had a hard time getting financing. They are often misassessed by using the founder's credit score, for example, something we don't even look for. Or they've had trouble because they're primarily online. They don't have a brick and mortar store. They have cash flow that looks really different than a traditional um, store. And so what we're able to do is we say, let's connect directly to your marketplace. Let's look at the sales history that your business, let's look at the health of your business and let's use that to give you financing. And so really understanding how e-commerce works and using that to help serve our suppliers. Okay, okay. So I'm very fascinated on how people think these things through, right? Like, cause like this is just like an off the wall kind of thing. It right? really is. To, and to be like, hey, I think I might be able, and then to execute it out. It, it really is. But then when you think about it, the e-commerce industry is growing so much. So there's an incredible opportunity for us here. Even just Shopify's market crack cap in the past year grew to over $170 billion. So there are tons of sellers out there really needing financing to help grow their business. And so we feel really lucky that we're able to meet that moment and help them grow. Wow. Hmm. I never thought about that, you know, cause you're just like, oh, I go to Amazon. I'm assuming that, that, you know, um, you never think about the back end of things. That probably did not make any sense that I just <laughs> No, definitely. As a consumer, you go to Amazon, you see all these options. And the beauty is behind all of those options that you have are multiple sellers sitting in their homes all over the country um, trying to build a business out of it. So it's been a ton of fun to learn about the other side of the Amazon or other e-commerce experiences that we all have now gotten so used to. Girl, that's how I shop, Amazon. I mean, that's how I, this is how I function in my life. So do you deal with just, so as the VP of product, do you deal with those clients or just the product end of it? 
Yeah, great question. So I definitely interact with our suppliers. We have an incredible sales team and customer experience team that are our front lines with the sellers, but I get the opportunity to interact with them to really have a better understanding of what their pain points are, what their experience is, get feedback on how we can continue to improve our product, and then spend a lot of time internally working with our engineering team, our marketing team, CX team to say, okay, let's take those experiences we know our suppliers are having, how can we solve those with technology? Okay, okay. Now, how do you find these people, the, the seller people? Yeah, so we find them in many different ways, uh, from everything from advertising on Facebook um, to a lot of partnerships. So we work with companies that are supporting these e-commerce sellers in different ways. Maybe they are providing marketing assistance or they're inventory companies. And so we're able to develop really deep partnerships to help drive those sellers towards payability and give them the opportunity to receive our financing. The other really interesting way in which we're continuing to grow the seller base that we support is through embedded fintech. So we recently, a couple at the end of last year, launched Newegg Capital, um, powered by Payability. So Newegg, if you're not familiar, is a really large marketplace, um, and we were able to help give them our platform and backend to support their sellers with Payability. So right in the Newegg dashboard, if you're a seller there, you're able to see. Um, and get access to our daily payouts and get access to our cash advance product as well. Oh, okay. Hmm. And it's a super exciting opportunity for us because we're able to now grow our seller base, not just through, you know, more organic growth, but also be able to really help support these marketplaces and helping their sellers grow. So we're able to partner with the marketplace itself. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So um, this has nothing to do with payability. I want to go back to the childhood now. <clears throat> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So you're, you're born in New York, and then your parents are like, hey, let's go to Singapore? Um, back in the day, um, my dad <laughs> had an opportunity um, to transfer with his job to Singapore, and my very risk-taking parents decided to uh, embark on that journey halfway across the world. And once we got there, realized it was an unbelievable country, um, extremely diverse. We, I went to an international school as a child with kids from 70 different countries. Um, so no, really loved our time really? there. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So you, you were there all the way up until high school. Yep. Right before high school, moved back to New York in uh, eighth grade finished up high school right outside of the city in Westchester. Um, and so have really had this, these two very different parts of my childhood. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sure coming back to New York, you were like, ugh, right? I will say, I, I love New York. I'm a good New Yorker. Are you? <laughs> now, where in New York do you live? I live in Manhattan. Okay, um, so you're downtown. Like you're in- I am. You are like in the depths of New York. Okay, okay. The, I had family that lived in Rochester, New York. Awesome. That is not too far from where I went to college up in Ithaca. So yes, um, yeah. have a soft spot for all of New York State. I gotcha. I gotcha. So you graduated from Cornell. I did. Spent four years in Ithaca, New York, which is a beautiful place um, and also extremely uh, diverse and was such a fun place to go to college. So let me ask you something. So did your parents persuade you in any which way 
when you were deciding what you wanted to do in college? Like, cause you said you had never heard of it, your major until you got to college. Right. So did your parents like when you were going into college be like, Hey, we think you should be a lawyer <laughs> or any of that. No, I um, am extremely lucky. I have amazing parents who were really just motivating me to figure it out what it was that got me excited and to kind of push me in the direction of finding what that was for me. So they were supportive of having a lot of conversations, getting involved in a lot of clubs, trying to figure out what it was that uh, really got me going. And what was that major again? Information science. So it's an interdisciplinary tech major. And the part of it that I really loved is it took components of psychology, computer science, um, communications, put that all together into this really diverse and um, interesting major where you kind of got to build your own path and set me up really nicely for finding this career and product. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. So I hadn't either. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad because I'm old. So I was like, hmm, I've never heard of that major. So, okay. So you go to Cornell, you um, graduate. I just want to let you know, I graduated from Michigan State and I graduated from the business school and um, Cornell, it was like between Michigan State and Cornell, like battled back and forth one and two throughout the nation for a really long time back in the day when I was in college. So um, we used to have this like pretend rivalry with Cornell. Um yeah. Well, we can be friends. So it'll, it'll yeah, all we're good now. Like, I don't think that exists anymore. That was like way back in the day. We won't talk about how long ago that was, but that was like way back in the day. So that when you said Cornell, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I had to chuckle there for a minute. Um, okay. So <clears throat> I want to go back to what'd you call it? Blackstone? Black, Blackstone. Blackstone, correct. What was that? So Blackstone oh, you graduated is, college and went right to this position? I did. Well, I took a little detour, actually. I oh, uh, What was the fast, detour? <laughs> I took six months off between graduating college and starting at Blackstone to travel. I solo backpacked through South America. For oh, see, this is where we find months. out interesting parts about people. So you left that out, girl. <laughs> and we want to know about backpacking through South America. South America? It was South America. It was the most incredible experience. I was 22. I had never pitched a tent in my life. I learned how to camp, went on four day treks, um, stayed in hostels and really, you know, met some of the most interesting people I have ever met uh, along the way. So did you do this alone or did you have like a, you did this alone? I did it alone. Holy 22 year old me decided to, the backpack was enough um, and pre COVID world. So it was a lot easier to meet people, make friends. I, I speak, speak a little bit of Spanish. So that definitely came in handy, but it was you a really formative experience. You, you I camped. did camp. I did. I uh, learned how to pitch that tent and cooked my food on a little stove. <laughs> uh, mm, yep. Nope. Lost me there, girl. I don't camp. I glamp at a hotel, but um, don't think I could do the camping thing. Oh gosh. <laughs> so did you like, were you like out in like the woods and stuff? For parts of it. I spent a good portion of my time exploring the different cities, but there are some beautiful national parks. Um, I got to, you know, explore in Patagonia and then 
did a trek to Machu Picchu, which was incredible. Um, if you ever go, or if you've been, the altitude sickness and I were definitely not friends, so I would recommend taking it slow. But um, they were really some of the most incredible experiences, just figuring out how to, you know, de depend on myself and make it through. Oh my God, that is so awesome. That right there, girl, is awesome. Did you see any poisonous snakes and stuff? Thankfully not. I have oh, a okay. large phobia of snakes, so that would say. not have worked out well for me. <laughs> um, I was really happy to play with the alpacas and llamas instead of the snakes. Okay, okay. But you did see some animals, like some... We, lots of animals, definitely. So when you did these like hikes, was that with people? Yes. So I, I met, met a lot of people along the way. So one of the first hikes I did, I, I met this girl and we really hit it off. And so decided to go on this trek together and made friends as we went. It was um, really as spontaneous as I've probably ever been. Oh my God. That's amazing. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. So you survive this. I survived. You survived. I that's that's in New York. That's crucial right there. You survived. <laughs> Made it back to New York and then started at... And then joined Blackstone. Blackstone. Okay. So I had, I had interned there for two summers before. So had a lot of friendly faces to start my first job with, which okay. was lovely. Um, definitely felt like that was a nice advantage to have. Um, and was there for about four years and really worked across the innovations group to figure out how we could use technology to help improve our investor experience, use data to drive a lot of our fundraising efforts, worked really closely with our legal and compliance team to think about how technology could help them. Um, and it was really a fantastic experience where I had incredible mentors and learned just a ton about what it meant to be in the fintech world. Oh, okay. All right, so you're there for a little time and then you go over to payability. And then found payability, yeah, and made the leap to, uh, to start up and it's no turning back. It's been a ton of fun. Did you start, did they hire you right as the VP of product? I came in as our VP of product um, and came in remotely, which was definitely an interesting way to start a new job um, from you know sitting at home at my desk, looking at the same computer screen. Um, oh, you just came in as a beast, man. You were like, <laughs> I'm coming in full force here. So you just started there, you said four months ago? Four months ago. So yeah, everything's been um, remote. How, how that's that right there is difficult. So how are you like leading your team remotely? Right, you yeah. come in as this beast and then you're like, and now we're gonna do a bunch of happy hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's been a lot of fun. The beauty of having a small company is that I got to actually meet everyone remotely still. So, you know, it was over Google meet instead of in person, I would have preferred okay, in person, okay. but it was small enough that I could have 15 minutes with everyone just to say, Hey, I'm Maya. Tell me about you. Um, and that made a huge difference in me just feeling a lot more part of the team, part of the family, um, which has really helped. That's good. That's good. So what challenges though? I mean, you've got to have some challenges, right? It's, it's easy to brainstorm in a room together, right? It is. You thank God for technology. <laughs> I will say, thank God for technology. We still have a weekly ideation hour, the product team, where we pick either a pain point, a 
product idea, topic, um, and try and do some sort of brainstorming session as a team together. So we are very grateful for uh, virtual post-it notes and virtual whiteboards. They have definitely helped try and bring some of that ideation spirit into our hour. That's true. I, you're right. I use those virtual whiteboards all the time. So um, where is now payability? Like what's, what's the roadmap look like? Like what's, you know, you don't have us have to tell us all the trade secrets. We would just, you know, (laughs) yeah. So I think 2021 is extremely exciting for us. One of our, one of the things we've noticed is as e-commerce grows, our sellers are really diversifying where they're selling their goods. So the you know, Amazon seller is now maybe opening a Shopify store. And I think payability is uniquely positioned to be that multi-channel financing option for the multi-channel seller. So really looking to 2021 to, to help build up a little bit more around that and really serve our suppliers in that, in that capability. Okay. Okay. So, so any like new, so you do, is it, can you do business or is it just individual sellers or is it like you can do business? Great question. We can support a sole entrepreneur, someone who is working on their own all the way up to small business that has employees. And that really represents our seller base. Oh, Oh, that's pretty big seller base. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to it, the, 2000 a month in sales, all the way up to the $2 million in sales. And then in terms of, you know, number of years selling, some of our suppliers have been with payability for five years, they've been selling for maybe even longer. And then some started a couple months ago, and we're able to start supporting them. And really, our goal is to, no matter where in the journey for the supplier, the payability comes in, is to continue to grow with them. And I think that's the beauty of our business is as our seller grows, we grow. Okay, so you're scalable. Exactly. And a big part of that is our technology. Um, We are able to leverage our machine learning to really continue to improve how we're underwriting and how we're supporting these sellers and providing them financing, which I think is one of our unique advantages. Yeah. When you provide the finance, is that like through like a bank or how does that all work? Because you have to have underwriters and then you got to sign your life away, maybe give a small child to (laughs) banks and financial institutes and everything else. So Yeah, that's a great question. You cut that all out? So we actually have lenders, both bank and non-bank, that provide us um, with some of the capital that we're able to then, using our machine learning algorithms, really figure out the best way to give back to our our users, which are the e-commerce sellers. Who created you? So you had a team that created these machine learning way to do this, right? Exactly. So our our engineering team uh, has built out a series of models really using the wealth of data that we have from five years of working with e-commerce sellers to say, how can we continue to give these sellers the most amount of money to grow their business and to do it at a really strategic time? So, you know, I'll give you an example of one of our sellers. She's been with Payability since 2016. She's one of our originals and she has our instant access product. So her Amazon store, she gets her daily payouts every day. And she noticed during COVID, she had an opportunity for a bulk inventory purchase, but didn't have the capital on hand to make that big purchase. And spoke to some of her friends, noticed that, you know, they were having trouble getting funding from their banks, reached out to Payability. In one day, we were able to give her an instant advance to meet that 
uh, inventory need that she had. She was able to buy the inventory, continue to scale her business and grow. And my favorite part of this story is that she not only you know, was able to support her business, but actually decided to start a nonprofit to help with contactless food delivery in her community, you know, just with this confidence in her business and, and her um, cash flow. Oh my God, that's so cool. Good for her. It is the most exciting part of this job is hearing the stories of our sellers and just the work that they're doing to grow their own businesses and how they're using that to help their communities. So when you say, when you say um, you're the sellers, now these are like physical products, not services, right? Or do you do? Yeah, so, so they're generally physical products, some, anything you could buy online. So you go to someone's Shopify store um, or Amazon store. Okay. So and I think that's exactly. And that's the part that really kind of has set us apart is that we're focused on the online businesses there. Okay. So not necessarily ser- services, like people's services. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So when you're not um, busy being fabulous at payability, what do you like to do outside of? That's a great question. Um, I'm a big runner, although I will say the winter has put a bit of a pause on the running. Um, so I've been trying to trying to do a lot more yoga. It is living in New York, a very apartment friendly workout. So I've been uh, moving in that direction a little bit more. No jumping involved for my neighbors. Um, I do. I also love to try new restaurants, try new new food, and it's one of the things I love about living in New York. Definitely has been a bit of a challenge with COVID, but I still love getting takeout from new restaurants and trying new foods with that. So are your restaurant, your restaurants are open? They are. They are open for outdoor dining, which I have ventured out into the uh, cold a couple times um, and actually just reopened for uh, partial indoor dining as well. But it's been really nice. Nice to see the restaurants, you know, starting to see people in the restaurants, seeing them afloat, um, definitely trying to support them as much as I can. And of course they were doing takeout though, I'm assuming. They were doing takeout, thankfully. They were doing outdoor dining in the middle of winter? They have been doing outdoor dining all year. Yes. So uh, there is a restaurant that is right below me that there was a day that it was snowing and people still showed up to eat. I was unbelievably impressed. Wow. They're like earmuffs on and their mittens. You got to have your gloves on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But that's kind of cool, right? It really is. It's awesome to see New York supporting our restaurants and people still coming out and making the best of it. Wow. So, okay. So is now is payability, uh, do they have an office or is it all always been remote? We do have an office um, in New York, and I actually got to see it one day, a little sneak peek, um, which was awesome to really kind of get a flavor of what, what, what it would be like to be back in the office. But we are all remote for now. Um, and I think that's the beauty of being a tech company. We're able to be unbelievably efficient um, and still try and you know, continue our company culture while doing everything through video calls. Which I'm assuming you'll eventually make it back, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Too. Hopefully that is, that is the goal. That and the goal. I know as someone who joined remotely and we've grown a ton over the last year, um, adding 30 plus people to our team. Um, I'm excited to be able to see those, see those individuals face to face. Get the, the front, front face to face. All right. 
So um, what, what's the website? We like to pitch here. We want to pitch your company. I don't know if you're hiring, but we like people to go and check, check it out. So definitely payability.com. Um, if you are a small e-commerce seller and you're looking for funding, please check us out. We support Amazon, Shopify, Walmart, Newegg, just to name a few, um, and are really excited to help support you grow. Um, if you are interested in tech and looking for a role, we also are, are continuing to grow our company and love more women in technology. So uh, shout out to all the female listeners. Um, but we are definitely looking to grow our team across product, engineering, um, business development, really trying to continue to serve our online sellers as best we can. So if people go to the website, is there like a contact us or a careers page or something that there is a contact us um, section there and you can learn more about our products as well and contact our sales team directly or just go through our application. There you go. See, see, you made it so easy. So easy. All right. So um, you're going to, you're growing. You're yogi. You're doing the yoga thing. Yogiing is not a word, but um, you're doing the <laughs> yoga thing. Um, anything else that you do when you're not? Yeah, I uh, I am a big big believer in mentorship, um, and actually volunteer and am on the board of a nonprofit called Streetwise Partners. And um, the mission of Streetwise is really to tackle economic inequity through mentorship. So the organization pairs our mentees with volunteers to help develop the skills, resources, and network they need to find and maintain employment. I've been volunteering with the organization for about four years, and it's been so much fun to see them really conquer moving virtual and taking that experience um, to continue to help uh, people find employment. So it's, it's all sorts of employment. Exactly. They're anyone in all sorts of fields. One of the for kind of areas of focus is technology, which is super exciting to me um, to be able to help different mentees that are really interested in getting their foot in the door. That's awesome. And that's a nonprofit. What's it called again? Streetwise Partners. Streetwise Partners. Is that .org? Correct. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> She's like, let me look real fast. <laughs> let me confirm that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume if it's nonprofit, it's probably a .org. Realizepartners.org. Okay, .org. Okay, well, that's awesome. So you're giving back too. Look at you, girl. You're so busy and you're still giving back to the community. We love that. We love that. So, all right. Well, um, anything you want to pitch for Streetwise Partners? If, Sorry. Yeah, definitely. If you are uh, in New York, we have we have locations in New York, DC, and Detroit. Um, so if you are someone who wants to help give back to your community, feel free to reach out and apply to be a volunteer with us. There are one-time events. There is an incredible 13-week mentorship program as well. And we're always looking for new volunteers, corporate sponsors um, to really help you know, close that economic inequity gap. So this is only in those three areas. How we are virtual right now, though. So okay, that's what I was going to open ask. to anyone for volunteering. Okay, so volunteers can be remote, but the companies that you work with, I'm assuming that it, they, you work with organizations to help facilitate these jobs. 
We do. So pre-COVID, a lot of these sessions were run in some of the largest organizations in the world in their conference rooms. Um, now they are held on Zoom. But um, we have some incredible corporate partners in these different locations that really help facilitate um, program for us. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, you could probably, you might be hearing some people from people in Columbus because they like this area that we're in. They're very much around mentoring and getting people, helping paying it forward, I like to call it, paying it forward. So I agree. Definitely. Yes, that's how, that's how this world should run, right? We should be paying it forward to other people. <laughs> 100%. So, well, girl, you're fabulous. Um, I Sorry, that's my dog. Hot mess. Right now in this household, it's a hot mess. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right, well, is there anything else that for payability, we plugged it, payability.com. Correct. .com. <laughs> and reach out to Maya. She will hook you up. Um, we had a listener on the call. Maya, help me out. Who was that again? Muhammad? Yes. Muhammad, do you want to say anything? You can say something. Don't be shy. Well, Thanks for having me on. I, uh, <laughs> you can put your camera on. We we like people. I didn't okay, expect to, to also be on, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Elizabeth. Um, thank you, Maya. We uh, I've 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 learned so much from the both of you. I had no idea you you went on a six month backpacking trip. I told time. you. See, Muhammad, I mean, you got to ask some questions. Somebody's always got some. They've got skeletons in their closets, and you had no idea. Look at that. Everybody's Maybe I'll, I'll inspire some post-COVID trips. That's right. <laughs> That's right, girl. Good for you. All right. Muhammad works at Payability too, correct? Uh, I, I work with Maya and the team. They're they're wonderful. Couldn't couldn't say uh, uh, anything um, more about their work. I mean, what they do for uh, small businesses. Uh, solo entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs all around. It's just really wonderful to help them excel in the uh, in the e-commerce space. So, just so everybody listening, Mohammed was not prepared to be called on the spot. You can <laughs> kind of like, oh God, what's happening? <laughs> He's a good sport. <laughs> well, we like to have fun. See, we're not very. We like to have fun. So. Absolutely. So, well, you two are great. And I um, will promote the payability. I will um, put it on our get what it's Slack and um, send people your way. And amazing. Yeah. Help you guys grow and uh, keep in touch. We always like to follow back up with our, our guests and see how things are going and progressing in their lives. And um, we look forward to hearing the next backpack trip. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on today. It was a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed, for allowing us to talk to Maya. He's like your bodyguard. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you for your time. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time. And feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.